Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. So straight into it this week. We, we have tried this recipe before. No preamble, straight into the story. Sean, over to you. Okay, so I heard this uh, story on Malcolm Gladwell's new podcast called Broken Records. And this is where he's interviewing a whole bunch of musicians, right? So they had this two-part, uh, two episodes, if you like, in two parts, um, interviewing Questlove. Now, Questlove, for those of you who don't know, is one of America's famous drummers, right? He is the leader of the band Roots. He's the, the, the essentially, which is the, the band in Jimmy Fallon's uh, sort of show, late night TV show. And... He's like a legend. I mean, he's 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 been the drummer for uh, Bruce Springsteen. His 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 band has played for just about all the great names you can imagine. Um, and yeah, and not only is he a drummer, but he does a lot of DJing, right? And that's what brings us to this story, really. And that is, he had to. Um, he had just done this great DJ gig, if you like, where you know for him to DJ a you know a sort of evening, it's all the funkiest tunes, it's all the coolest sort of music that you can imagine. He would never play top forty or anything like that. That would be too uncool to do. Um, and so he's just finished this one. You know, literally, you know, Bruce Springsteen's in the thing. He's looking at him. He's pointing to him, going right on. Questlove, this is fantastic. You know, You're the man. You're the man. And anyway, that week he gets a phone call from the White House and asks to do a DJing gig up at the White House. It's essentially the last party that they're going to have, farewelling Obama and Michelle. And um, and they want Questlove to DJ. And he's thinking, I've got this nailed, right? I've, I've done such great sets just recently. I'm at the top of my game. So off he goes. I'm the coolest, funkiest DJ. That's right. Yeah. So off he goes and he um, he starts his set. He's got all his gear there. He's got his music worked out. And as it's playing along, he can tell the audience is not loving it. Because it wouldn't be his normal audience, would it? I think that's part of the problem, yeah. right? It's a different audience. It's not, you know, sort of like the, 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 the hippest, funkiest people in the world. It's the guys at the White House, right? A bunch of politicians. <laughs> are, you saying, are you saying the White House isn't hip and funky? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just guessing this. <laughs> so, uh, a Barack actually comes, comes over to him and sort of says, "Look, I don't, I'm sorry to say this to you, Questlove, but uh, my daughters are just sitting over there. They're not dancing. They're not excited about this whole thing. Can you change the music? You know, do you have some Rihanna? Do you have some, you know, Beyonce or something like that? Um, oh, not top forty. Yeah, exactly. He's essentially asking for the top forty and. Uh, and Questlove you know, kind of cringes, but he goes, oh, well, okay, I've got to do what I have to do. And he starts playing the, the new music and they're loving it, right? The party swings into top gear, lots of dancing, lots of singing, lots of uh, drinking. It's a, it's a great party. Anyway, at the end of the night, he's packing up and uh, he's obviously got a look on his face, which is he's not the happiest guy in the world, right? And Barack comes over and says, hey, Quislove, you know, what's going on? You know, you don't look like the happiest guy. And he goes, well, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. He's trying to brush it off a little bit. And uh, Barack goes, no, 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 tell me, tell me, what are you feeling? He says, well, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not my best gig in the world, you know, to do that. And Barack sort of turns to him and says, look, 
I'll tell you something happened to me, and maybe this will feel you, make you feel a little bit better. He said, when that terrible uh, shooting happened in Charlottesville, um, in the church, uh, as soon as that happened, I knew I would be doing the eulogy. Um, and I thought to myself, I'm at the top of my game. I've done eight years of, of speeches. I know how to deliver a great speech. I've got some great speech writers who can help me out as well. And so he goes to the uh, the church. The congregation is there. He starts to... Um, and there'd be a big congregation. Oh, it was, it was to the rafters, yeah. right? And he starts his eulogy. And about maybe five, ten minutes in to the eulogy, he knows they're not loving it, right? He's, he can feel it in the room that they're not loving it. Because it, you can go on YouTube and listen to his... Uh, his eulogy, and it's kind of quite complex, and it's not just hitting at the heart. It's 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 talking about these big ideas and things like that. And he realizes he has to he has to switch things up, and he's looking down at his speechwriters who are just sitting in front of him, and he's kind of looking down. And he's trying to give them the the eyeball that he's gonna he's gonna go off the script. Uh oh. And they hate it when he goes off the script because they figure that he's he's just not as good. When he goes off the script. Anyway, he, he gives him the, the, the eye that he's going to do this. And next thing you know, he starts just repeating this phrase. He sort of says, you know, all these people, they had an enormous grace. They had grace, grace in how they lived, grace in how they, you know, saw the world. You know, they had amazing grace amazing grace and he starts singing amazing grace right and as soon as he starts singing the whole congregation just stands up and it's full verse like Every, they're all they're all they're singing. all singing they're and they're going like all of a sudden the whole mood of course changes radically right and he finishes the song and that's essentially the end of his eulogy it's like a drop the mic kind of uh, situation and he turns to Questlove and he says, you've got to serve the audience, right? It's, it's, you're there for them and whatever it takes. And you did that tonight for us and we really appreciate it. He looks at him and says, now, does that make you feel better, Questlove? Questlove just turns to him and goes, not really. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, I heard that on uh, on Malcolm Gladwell's uh, podcast, uh, told by Questlove, right? Oh wow! Yeah, so that I'm, whole oh, I'll have to listen to it. Yeah, it is. It's worth listening to, and uh, that's my rendition of it. If you like, I'm sure there's a few little glitches in there, but um, but tell me, what do you think? What's what's uh, what strikes you when you sort of hear that? So kind of like a story within a story, right? Yeah, there's kind of multiple stories there, and yeah. uh, well, that was I could. I was very engaged. Firstly, I, as I was listening, I was thinking, why does he have the name Questlove? Where does that come from? I have no idea. I have That's, no idea. I'm but gonna, it would be I'm interesting gonna, to know. I'm going to find that out. Yeah. That's, I think it's just one of those funky things that DJs, you know, it's, you know, those why guys. Is, why is the edge called the edge? Well, indeed. Or you know, was know. it just a, a bar in Dublin yeah. and too many pints of Guinness? Could easily be that. Yeah. Right. I'd, I would like to know that. Yeah. So the... So some reasons why that story really works. So I guess a part of it is the there's a there's a, some surprises yes. in there. Mm, yeah, right. One of the big surprises: Obama starting to sing 
uh, in a eulogy. Yeah, 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 I know. Because he's kind of... It it is remarkable when you see him do it. Because he's he's not the world's best singer. No, but he's not. He's not bad. Oh, I mean, he's you know, not he's, awful. Not awful, but he's not. He's not a Aretha Franklin or anything like that, right? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he's doing essentially what a congregational um, yeah, someone who comes to that church how they would sing. That's the way he sang it. Yeah, right. And of course, he picked a song that, of course, the whole congregation is going to know. And it was a, a relevant, pertinent song. And so uh, for, for the congregation, it's a very uh, remarkable thing. They did not expect... The president the, to lead them in Barack song. Obama to stand up and lead them in song. Right? No. So it, no, no. Um, and just the ability to recognise that, that there's a time to follow the script and there's a time to deviate. Yes. Then, yeah, that's right. And, and I, you've got to be mindful of your audience. And I, what I love about this story is it kind of... Re- it's sort of giving you two examples it's almost like okay, here's the Questlove example. He was, he wasn't so mindful of the audience, but he was forced into a situation. It turned out well for the people who were in the party, right? Um, then you have the Barack story, and again, he's he's mindful. He feels like he, it's not going as well, so he switches things up, and it turns out well for the congregation. And it's almost like you, the two stories reinforces the point. You could tell just one of those stories to make the point. Indeed. Right? Indeed. I, I like that... Well, there's a, a, a number of dimensions to that, that I really like. But one of them was that, that Obama actually went over and spoke to Questlove, recognised... Well, in fact, was interested enough to notice... Yes. ...that he wasn't happy. You get a bit of an insight into the type of person he is, right? Yeah. Yep. And he took the time to try and explain to Questlove that there's time to be musically independent and creative and there's a time to serve your audience. Yes. And this is a serve your audience situation. So, um, actually, that's when we come to the business point. I think that's probably one of the, the key business points of this is that there's a time to be independent and creative and and run your own race, and then there's a time to serve your audience. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the key points to it, yeah. isn't it? The other thing that there's a couple other really key elements in this um, that we love in stories, right? So we love stories about people with power. And we talk about you know celebrity power, um, positional power, um, could be money power, beauty power. But in this case, you got celebrity power and positional power. You got a president and you know this famous drummer DJ, right? And just that draws you into the story. There'll be people when they hear the word Questlove, it'll mean so much to them. Yeah. Right? They know the guy. They know his music. They know what type of drummer he is. You know, like. It's, and then there'll be other people who've never heard of him before, right? And if anything about that story is you might have to actually just do a little thumbnail sketch a bit more about Quest. I did, I did a little bit. So so are there, there examples? How did Questlove come to be Questlove? Well, I don't know. The, the little, little story that he told, which I thought was uh, insightful about his drumming sort of career, if you like. So he, you know, he was a virtuoso and still is a virtuoso drummer, right? He can do any sort of drumming you like. But he needed, he felt he needed something that was his, that when people hear it, they go, that's a Questlove drumming. And he developed this style, which he kind of calls sloppy drumming, where he, it's not quite on the beat, 
it just feels like the person's a little bit drunk, actually. That's what he calls it. So it feels like the person's a little bit drunk. He said his first time he ever tried it out was um, uh, this gig for this big soul singer. I'm sure, I wish I'd remember his guy's name. But, you know, one of those, one of those names everyone knows. And so he has the band there. And he doesn't tell anyone that he's going to do his drunk drumming. And <laughs> Drunk drumming. That's right. And, I, I and think he, sloppy drumming. Is sloppy good. drumming, drunk drumming. Anyway, he, he uh, you know, the, the, the music kicks off and he's doing it, right? And the band's kind of looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right? You're making us look bad. Yeah, that's right. You make, it's making it harder for everyone. But uh, the soul singer, he just hears this. He turns to Questlove and just points to him and he goes, Right on! Like It was like he immediately understood that this type of drumming, this sound, was perfect for what this singer was about to sing, right? And, 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 and the band couldn't appreciate it? But Not straight away, because it was just so different. But the, the soul singer, he knew straight away that this was new and different. It would give a different sound to what he was doing. And as soon, of course, he gets the recognition from the singer, the whole band sort of works with it. Of course, he now is famous for this, this wow. type of drumming. Well, that's one of those turning point stories, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's, um, you know, just one of those classics. Um, but going back to the, you know, the story, uh, you know, the sort of the two stories that I've told there, um, in addition to the fact that you've got, um, you know, sort of a celebrity element to it, um, you also have, um, you know, high stakes, you know, eulogies and people dying and, you know, this is, this, you know, sort of gets people at the heart, Right. It's and you feel it, and there is something about singing, right? It's, there's something really emotive about just people, you know, sort of coming together and singing together. And if you can kind of capture a little bit of that in the story, um, I think people feel uplifted. Yeah, I, I've seen the video of Obama Have giving you? that talk, oh, and right. uh, he started those first couple of strains, as you say, out of out of nowhere. He just was saying, "Grace." Amazing grace, yeah. Amazing, and and the, uh, the 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 pastor who was standing behind him, he his eyes just lit up, and he stood up so fast, and just held his arms out, and it yeah, was, yeah, it was, it was like a moment. moment he just knew it. Didn't he just he? he he saw it happening, and he yeah. goes, "Yes, this is what's," and it was really quite an amazing moment. Yeah, yeah, no, it was beautiful. Um. Yeah, I don't think I could say too much more about this story, but I suppose it's useful to have a think about, because I'm not exactly sure. I haven't really thought it through as to where you would tell this in a business setting, right? Well, I I guess one of the, if we talk about some of the things that we could, that that would make that story even better, it's it's important to recognize the limitations of that story. Yes. Because the reality is if you tell that story in America, you're going to polarize your audience. Yeah, there'll be people who hear the names and they're either for or against. But much more likely they'll be for or against Obama. Yes. And and it doesn't matter how good the story is. The fact that Obama's in it, there'll be people who are anti-Obama and therefore that story will have low impact. It's really important that that relevance factor be be in your mind when you use that story. So true, isn't it? Sad but true. Sad, yeah, it's just the reality. Yep. And it's just the reality of, of using stories. In Whereas business. 
Obama stories in Australia. Oh. I mean, it's like he's regarded as uh, you know one you're of the a, top leaders. You're, right? you're you're on safe ground. You're on safe ground. In yeah. fact, you're probably on safe ground anywhere outside America. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's simply that it is a polarizing issue in America. Yeah, and you need to recognise that. So, Indeed. so that's kind of a limitation of that yes. story. Yeah, and you're right. And if you're told that within the US, yeah, you you, you know, no matter how good it is you're going to have half the people not like it. <laughs> and, and of course, then there's also uh, uh, Questlove. There'll be people who do or don't like Questlove, but there'll be people like me who don't have any idea who Questlove is. See, uh, my job is to introduce his <laughs> new I know, you, musical uh, sort of yeah, sort yeah. of artiste to you, Mark. That's my job. That's part of your job, yes. <laughs> in- so um, you're right, and I think that's something to really keep in mind. I, I would say, you know, the, the, the point that I, I'd be trying to make with telling this story. And you could tell both stories or you could even just tell one of those stories. It's just this idea of you've got to be mindful about your audience yeah. and um, you've got to be ready to switch it up. We see this in our own work, you know, running workshops. There'll be times where we're running a workshop and we can tell it's not landing. And so, I mean, more often than not, we know it's about actually doing more activities. Right. As soon as you get them doing more activities, next thing you know, it's it's shifted. The whole feeling of the the situation shifts. So. Yeah. No matter how important it is that you feel the point that you're trying to make is, uh, it's much more important to engage the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that that's the key point that you would make uh, there. Well, the it's it's one of those you've got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them stories. Yeah. So exactly. there's times where you. You need to un- you need to use your artistic integrity or, and stick by that one hundred percent. Yes, but there's other times where you need to, to understand that it's about the audience. And so, if Questlove's playing in a in a club in New York and it's cool and hip and funky and trendy, that's when he's going. Here's my individual stamp. It's not what happens in the White House because that's yeah. that's a completely different audience. So now that you've said that, it's interesting. I was listening again to that Broken Records podcast and I was just trying to remember who was on there, but they were just talking to a couple of other musicians and the musicians, when they're writing their songs, they don't think about their audience at all, right? They, they don't, well, at least these guys were. They were sort of saying, no, 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 they write for themselves and what they think is a good thing and maybe someone will like someone it. Will like it. Right, and I was listening to. I was watching a documentary of ABBA. This is showing my, um, you know, sort of. No, it's all right. I like ABBA. You like ABBAs? Okay. Well, anyway, I was watching a documentary of ABBA, and um, uh, Benny was sort of saying, uh, people, you know, look at our songs and they think we've, um, you know, some masters story, you know, singers and writers and storytellers, you know, and that we've worked out this the the magic of, of doing all this. He said, no, 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 that's not how it is at all. It just happens to be that a lot of people like the same music we like. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking, that's so interesting. Anyway, that's uh, a little sidebar, if you like, more than anything else. But the main message is, in out of these stories, is, you know, care about your audience. Okay, let's give a rating, Mark. Lay it on me. Well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna give this story, even though I like it a lot. I'm. I'm gonna give it a six, simply because I. I'm. I, I would find difficulty using it because I. I would need to to understand more about Questlove and his music and and and, and have more about. It. Even though I really enjoyed the story, 
I'm only giving it the six because of utility. My understand, and I know you're going to point to some times where I've given low scores and nah. people have said, I love this story. But he, for me, um, I love the story. I, I'm diff- having difficulty imagining the, how to use it. Yeah. Well, as you were sort of saying that, the thing I was thinking of is that it may not have that real strong point type use, but it would be a good rapport building. It is a totally entertaining story. Yeah. Actually, that's a very good you point. Know, and if you were chatting to someone and you know, next thing you know, you find out they, they like me, this sort of music. And it, I can see it could actually uh, spark a whole bunch of other conversations actually, just by telling this story. In fact, if you knew someone was interested in music, then that would be a great rapport building story. Yeah, yeah, yeah to- it is. Totally. So in terms of how might this story be used, we'll just sort of flick back to the earlier part of the podcast. Yes. Building rapport with somebody who's into music, that yeah, would be a great story, story to use. Yeah. Cool. I, I think I'd give it a probably a seven and a half. I'm going to go seven and a half. I'd go eight. It's funny, you know. I, it's I, only because that's the first time you got to sing on the podcast. Right? I know, I know, and I, you could tell, you know, that I'm full voice there. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's it's a it's a good story. It's it's certainly one I enjoy telling. I've told it a few times now, but um, it comes out easily, and it's a, it's a comfortable story to tell. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think that's probably where we'll finish things up. Anything else we need to? Um, Oh, just a reminder about our public workshops and uh, on our events page, you can see the list of public workshops. Uh, Sean and I get to, one of the, the things we love about our work is we get to travel all all across the world and, and meet interesting people. And it's one of the things that w- when we first formed the company back in 2004, we talked about some of the, the things that we should do and meeting interesting people and having interesting conversations is one of our objectives. So if you are in one of the, the locations where we're running a public workshop, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch and maybe there's an opportunity for us to catch up. Yeah, and I guess the other thing to say too is if, if people think it would be great for us to run a public workshop in their in you know, local geography and yeah. they think they can get you know a good group, help us get a group, good group of people together uh, to run it, we'd be more than happy to run one. We're um, you know, zipping around all sorts of places. So yeah, adding another one to the, to the schedule is, is not that difficult. Well, guys, let's finish it up. Uh, yeah, thanks again for listening to Anecdotally Speaking and yeah, definitely tune in next time for... Yet another episode on how to put your stories to work. Bye for now.